Thank you for tuning in to Lexington Road Ministries podcast. We're so thankful that you chose to stop by. We hope you enjoy today's message. Proverbs 17 and 17 says, A friend loves at all times. I saw this recently and I was reading this as I was preparing some notes. A true friend is not someone we have chosen for ourselves, but rather someone God has placed in our lives for a purpose. How many of you can witness to that? Various reasons that people have been placed in our lives. I, I, I think, and I'll share about one of my closest friends ever. In fact, I, I said he was uh, probably my second real friend. I'll share a little bit about him towards the end of this service. But I, I began to think about true friendship and real friendship, and, and I thought about this for friends or friends forever. In 1983, uh, when I was really just getting started in ministry, this song had became so popular by Michael W. Smith, and uh, it was a, a friendship uh, uh, really written between him and Amy Grant about how close uh, they had become in their friendship. And, and it's hard to find friends today that we could say that are true friends, are real friends. In fact, my dad used to tell me growing up, if you have five real friends in life, you are a blessed man. And can I tell you, I look across this church house today and I can say that I have more than five, I believe, true and real friends sitting in this congregation. Come on, give yourself a hand this morning and thank God for that. So when I think of a forever friend, I, first I, I think about the F of forever. I, say, I think about a friend who is face to face. In fact, 3 John 1 and 14 says it like this, but I hope to see you shortly. We shall speak face to face. Peace to you, our friends greet you. Great, greet the friends by name. I remember in Exodus 33 when Moses stood before God. He, he said, the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friends. There's something, you know, there's something about texting and, and, and doing all the things that we do today. In, in fact, I have a, a, a work friend who emails me, and a lot of times emails have gone by the wayside, but they email me quite frequently, and it's a, it, it is interesting. And, and um, my, my wife says, man, I'd rather talk to somebody on the phone than text them. In fact, for years, I would not text. And then I found out I can do mass communication through texting these younger generation. But there's something about being with a friend and talking to them face to face. And I, I think about those face to face relationships and how God wants to get in our face sometimes, if you know what I'm talking about. And, and there's something this personal about that time that we're able to spend face to face with a friend, sitting down with a bowl of chili or, or, or sitting down and watching your favorite uh, uh, sports uh, uh, team or, or, or doing some things that you can only do face to face. I think about a forever friend. I think about these three words, omnipotent, omniscient, and omnipresent. Will you tell me a friend is omnipotent and omniscient? No, only God is maybe all-powerful and all-knowing. All but, uh, but a friend is there. They, they, are, they just kind of show up. Friends are present in your life. How many of you have friends that just show up? 
They show up at the hospitals. They show up when you're uh, sick. They, they show up to help at the house or, or, or to do something. They show up to fix your shower uh, when you're showered. My, my son-in-law, I don't know if he's my friend or he just did that trying to get brownie points. But, uh, you know, uh, show up when you have a, a situation. I have so many people that are sitting in this congregation today. I could send them a message and say, hey, I need you for this or that. And sometimes the task may seem menial or sometimes it may seem overwhelming, but they just simply show up and do the things. That's the kind of friend that God wants to be in our life. The psalmist said it like this in Psalms 21 and 6, for you have made him blessed forever. You have made him exceedingly glad with your presence. Man, there's just something about being in the presence of a friend. Now, I, I called uh, uh, and uh, messaged my uh, closest friends uh, uh, this week, and I said, hey, it's friend day. Uh, can you come? I invited family members. Uh, of course, you know, family don't want to associate with you sometimes. They don't want you to know that uh, you, you're really uh, friends, but, you know, family can be friends. Uh, but there's just something about uh, uh, when you uh, get on the phone, you talk to somebody, and you uh, hey, say, hey, I've got this going on, and uh, can you can can you help me? Can you be here? Can you show up with, for me? I think about those people that show up in times when nobody else shows up. See, in my teenage years, there was a lot of people that show up. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Some of you in your young adult years, they show up. When everything was good, everything was right, and, and uh, there was a party going on, man, they'd be there. But man, the first sign of trouble Man, they, they take off. I rem and this is not in my notes. I remember one Halloween night, we were out being boys. You know, when you're out in the, living out in the country, you do kind of crazy things, especially around Halloween. And uh, this is when, uh, before, what little bit after fireworks really became, or, or fire, firecrackers were really a big issue. Now, Halloween, here's a little different story. But Halloween, where I lived when we were teenagers, man, it was just one of them wild and crazy nights. Yeah, everybody got out trick-or-treating and stuff. But I've seen them roll uh, big rolls of hay out in the road and set them on fire. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Uh, we went out to a pumpkin patch one night during Halloween, and the only thing I remember is the old farmer shooting his gun over the top of our head. I don't know what we had done. Maybe we had taken too many pumpkins, but I remember our friends, man. We ran and we ran hard, but I remember this one uh, uh, night, uh, uh, M80s. Anybody remember the M80s? Man, woo, boy, one of my friends, the last day I remember that night on that Halloween night, and it was my senior year of high school because I just got out of, out of a cast where I busted my knee uh, playing football, homecoming game. And I remember the last thing I saw of my friend, he was riding in the back of the police car, and the sirens are going, and he's just waving to everybody. Can I tell you, he was sure glad that somebody showed up to get him out of jail the next day. Man, friends that show up, they're present. Real friends. Let's really get down to the nitty-gritty. Real friends make you better. Look at somebody and tell them, I want to make you better. Real friends make you better. Proverbs 27 and 17, as iron sharps iron. So a man sharpens the countenance of his friends. Wow. 
Real friends, when you call, they come. Real friends, when you have a need, man, and, and I've got a few of these, you know, whether you need a, maybe $100 or you need $10,000. Uh-oh, yeah. yeah. It's okay if you need a dollar or five or ten, but, you know, real friends, you really need some. I got a few of those real friends I could call today, and if they didn't have the money by, uh, by tomorrow morning or tomorrow lunchtime, they would have the money for you. Real friends tell you the truth. They make you better. One thing I love about my wife she is just blunt honest sometimes. Man, but she does that to make us better, to make me better. Yeah, she was up and she cooked last night. She didn't feel like it, but she was cooking. She helped me with my chili. So, uh, you know, if it tastes good, it's because she was telling me what to put in it and all this, and I didn't make chili. But she fixed her own chili, you know, and I was her sous chef doing all of that. And, uh, uh, of course, I try to take shortcuts when I'm cooking because I want to get it done quickly. And a good cook can tell you, you can't take shortcuts. In fact, you can't take shortcuts in this life. You know, real friends make you better. They don't always tell you what you want to hear, but they always tell you the truth to help you to rise up to be the best person that you can be. Can I tell you your pastor wants to be a real friend this morning? He wants you to know that you cannot make it through this life without Jesus Christ. Jesus wants to be that friend that is with you all the time. Wow. I have this in my notes, and please, I'm going to try not to cry. Real friends give you a kidney when you need a kidney. Come on. Real friends say, here, here's my vehicle when you need a vehicle. They're there. They make you better. Real friends are friends that don't bring you down but build you up. They edify, 1 Thessalonians 5 and 11. Therefore, comfort each other and edify one another just as you also are doing edify one another. Have you ever been around a friend? Man, you hate to be around them very long. When I was state youth director, we had that orientation. Anybody ever been to an orientation? Man, we had those 10 people that you didn't want to be at youth camp. And please, I've got a few Debbies in here. But man, you didn't want to be Debbie Downer. Sorry for all the Debbies. You know. Debbie Downer, didn't matter, man. We had 30 kids saved in service last night. Well, you can't believe what them kids did after church, right? My, 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 you know. Man, doesn't matter how good things are going. They're going to find a way to bring you down. Anybody got friends like that? Yeah. I want to ask about your family, you know. Bible says you can't you can pick your friends, but you can't pick your family. Man, they you know they they'll bring it up. No matter how good things are going, they're going to find a way to burst your bubble and try to bring you back into some type of reality. Wow, man! But a true friend comfort each other. They edify one another. You know, and, and there's there's a difference between somebody speaking truth in your life and trying to encourage you and trying to make you better than somebody that is down and upset and depressed all the time. Man, I have a hard time with Christian people sometimes, and this is my uh, non-Christian background coming. I have a hard time because I don't understand how people call themselves Christians and they walk around like they've lost their best friend all the time. 
They got the mully grubs. Anybody remember what the mully grubs was? Man, looked like they'd been sucking on a persimmon. Somebody don't even know what a persimmon is. Man, been eating lemons all day. Like, you know, they just got a fray on. I said, man, why don't you tell your face that you're in love with Jesus? Man, get your face to wake up and realize. Man, I'm exercising my muscles. Hey, my muscles say, doctors say, you do more exercise with your muscles when you smile than when you frown. You know, there's something about speaking the truth and there's something about edifying and something about lifting up. Sometimes we need to find new friends. When I accepted Jesus in my heart, I had to disassociate with some friends and, re, uh, and make some new friends and build some new relationships. I had to get around people that would edify and bring me up. And now some of those old friends, after I give them my life to Jesus, I go and I try to help influence them with the message and the cause of Jesus Christ. But I can I tell you, my friendship is not bartered by the relationship that they have with God. I love them unconditional as God loves us unconditional. And no matter where they're at in their relationship with God, it is my duty and our duty and our job to keep reaching out and edifying and building up and being a real friend and try to make people around you better. Come on, give God praise this morning. <laughs> a forever friend has a voice. Man. Psalmist 29 and 4 says, the voice of the Lord is powerful. How many of you know that this morning? Just lift your hand. Wow. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. They have a voice. They speak into you. Ronald Reagan said the person who agrees with you 80% of the time is a friend and an ally, not a 20% traitor. Boy, they, they're real. They edify. They have a voice. They tell you what you need to hear. Man, you know what? I wish there had been some friends in my life when I was younger that would have spoken to my life sooner. They speak into us. A real friend encourages. Man, you're glad to be around them. Acts 11 and 23 says, when he came and he seen the grace of God, he was glad. And he encouraged them all that with purpose of heart, they should continue with the Lord. This is Barnabas at, and Antioch. Verse 24 goes on to say, it says, for he was a good man. Man. I know a lot of good men and women that don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And a true friend will speak to them and try to help them to find their way with Jesus Christ. But it didn't end there about Barnabas. It said he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and full of faith. Man, wouldn't it be great if people looked at you and said, man, there's a good man, there's a good woman. How do I know? Because they're full of the love of God. They're full of the presence of God. Man, they edify and they lift up and they encourage. And they're doing things to bring glory into the kingdom of God. And that's what God wants for all of our lives, that we would be that type of encourager, that we would not only be there to pat somebody on the back, but we would be there to lift them up and encourage them. And when they're going through their deepest and darkest and their hardest times, that they won't say, oh, we're praying for you but they be there with their armor around you and be there to support you. I'm telling you, that's what true friendship and real friendship is. That's what a forever friend is. Man, man, 
And I get really to where I want it to get. That last R forever, reliable. Wow. My first real friend, his name was Jack. He was four-legged and black, and he was a German shepherd. Anybody else have one of those? Yeah. In fact, I don't think my sisters ever forgave me over Jack because we had never really been on a family vacation. We'd been to Indianapolis to visit my mom's brothers, and, and of course, growing up in Louisville, we owned my grandparents' farm almost down on the Tennessee, so on the Tennessee border. So we spent a lot of time and weekends there. But I remember, I don't even remember how old I was. But I remember dad talking about, man, we can go on vacation this year or we can buy a dog. Guess who won? We got a dog. Yeah. Yeah. Now we had hunting dogs and beagle hounds, but I'm talking about this is my dog, Jack. I got home from school and I'd take care of Jack. Well, I remember, man, I came home from school one day and man, dad had came home early from work. He's kind of one of them John Everly guys. He's at work all the time. You know, if there was any overtime or anything, dad, I, know, I remember a lot of times dad would work 16-hour shifts. When you got six kids, yeah, you do what you got to do to support the family. Dad came home early from work. I remember getting off the bus, and we had about a, not quite a tenth of a mile. We lived on a gravel lane. We had to walk up the gravel lane to our house, and and uh, I remember getting there, and man, Dad was home. What's Dad's truck doing home? Gosh, man, I can't hit my sisters with green apples today. Man, thinking all these things, man, I can't take the slingshot and, and uh, you know, shoot at the neighbor's kids or the neighbor's cats or, you know. And I none of y'all did that when y'all were growing up. Yeah. You know, I was such a good kid. Yeah. Youngest of six. You learn to fend for yourself, you know. Yeah. But I, I remember Dad greeting me. As I got off the bus, wow, man, he's greeting me. Gets me to the house, and he tells me that Jack has died. Wow, man, 10-year-old, turned my world upside down. Because there was a lot of crazy stuff going on in my life at that time. There was a lot of things that were just upside down and, and, and things that were going on. And then I remember my second real friend because his grandparents lived cat a corner to me. Now, I talk about him every once in a while, but he was my second real friend. He was my first real friend that had two legs only. How's that sound? Man, his name was Roger. In fact, it was William Roger Bryant Jr. We called him Little Roger. He was about a year and a half younger than me, but uh, he was only about five foot, five one. And I remember, man, I, I would love it when Roger would come to his grandma's. Uh, he had dirt bikes. Man, we'd be out riding dirt bikes. Man, they, they had a cool place to camp out. We camped out when there was snow on the ground. Anybody else do that growing up? Man, you know, we had woods all around us, and we would just get out and run. I remember when I got brave enough to run away one day in sixth grade. Anybody else do that growing up? This is a real friendship story. I hear some of you, yeah. Man, you know who went with me? Little Roger. Man, we were gone. We were history. But as my parents were going through a divorce, so was his parents going through a divorce. So we just found the comfort and, and reality and being there, and we could just share and, and, and go and everything. And he had a cute sister too, so that's another story. Yeah. Lisa, I'm sorry if you're watching this, by the way. No. No. 
But man, we would just hang out. We would just have fun. He was reliable. He was there with me. Man, I remember after moving back home, after I graduated high school, because I, I spent five years away from Louisville, and I moved back to start college. It hadn't been but a few months, and Roger and I had started connecting. I really had started connecting with his mom and dad, Roger Sr., who was friends with my older brothers. And we started reconnecting. Man, now remember that phone call. It's about 40 years ago, this time of year. Roger was still in school. In fact, he was a junior in high school. And him and two of his buddies were headed to school. It was a little wet and it was damp. And they had passed a, 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 a vehicle. And, and when they went past the vehicle, they hit it. I don't remember how it all happened. But they come up on a curve and it was, the driver was going too fast. They were in a fastback Mustang. Roger was sitting in the middle. I have no reason why. But the impact of when they slid and hit the tree killed him instantly. 16 years of age. I remember going and sitting with his mom and dad for actually weeks and weeks after the house. I remember carrying my first real friend's casket and going to the cemetery. I remember when Lisa and I started dating because I had to drive past the cemetery each and every day to get to her house. And there was times she would go over and sit with me. And I really hadn't thought a lot about Roger this week, but I remember the relationship. In fact, can I tell you, I hadn't been saved very long and I hadn't really just trying to find myself in my relationship with Jesus Christ, but it was that moment and it was Roger's dad who we helped encourage other one another and help that really probably impacted me towards ministry in my life because I knew God was dealing with me about something and then God put Lisa in my life and mom and dad pain and the rest is history. Man. But I thought so much. I said, man, did I do enough? And I went through that guilt. Did I do enough? Did I say enough? Man, was I there enough? Man, was, did I really let Roger know what God had did for me? And I beat myself up over that for a long time. And I, and I sit there and, and I began to think, said, oh, God, God, you're faithful, you're just, you're merciful. And, and, and I can't tell you today, I know that his mom and dad, were they were at in their relationship with God, but I cannot tell you today where Roger was at in his relationship with God. And that stick has stuck with me for the past 40 years. So real friends speak truth, and real friends talk to us, and real friends encourage, and real friends edify, and real friends are not afraid to tell us about Jesus and who Jesus is and who he wants to be in our heart and in our life. If you believe that, give God praise this morning. I know Proverbs 18 to 24 tells us, man, a man who has friends must himself be friendly. But there's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. How many of you know that friend this morning? You know him. You know him. Man, I go back to this text and I really like to go back and spend some time here because I, I really, you know, when you're, when preachers are sick, confession's good for the soul. When preachers don't feel good or they've had a busy week, they're going back through all their notes 
from days gone by. You know, and I, I'm sitting here going through my last notes for eight or ten years of trying. Now, what is a good friend day message? Well, I don't preach friend day at my church usually. Guess what? Beating the studying pages by myself. I'm trying to get it together. I said, God, I need you. I'm sick. I don't feel good. Lisa's not feeling good. She's got all this, this, that, and that. And she has to live with me, man. That's so that's, you know. And I said, God, I can't do this. And he said, you don't have to do this. So can I tell you as your pastor and as your friend today, when you feel like there's times that you can't do this, when you feel like you've got to walk through hell on earth and you've got to do some things that you didn't think you could do, there's a God of heaven that loves you and cares about you and he will be that friend that will stick with you. Man. I'm reminded in this text, Jonathan and David made a covenant. Look, would you come? They just made a covenant. Can I tell you, Jesus wants to make a covenant with you and I today. They made a covenant. Says because he loved him. Can I tell you without a shadow of a doubt, if I never preach another sermon, can I tell you that God loves you more than you love yourself? Man, he loved you so much he sent Jesus, his son, to die for you. There's four things that I take about this text, and I really wish I had more time to preach about it. Their friendship, Jonathan David, was based on commitment. Not just their commitment to each other, but their commitment to God. Wow. Man. Jonathan David's friendship was one of those friendships that nothing came between them. Yeah. Man, how many of you get mad at your friends? I'm not going to ask you to get mad at your spouses. Everybody's all the women's hands going up now. Man, friends, we all have different makeup, different personality. We get upset, but they let nothing come between them. Can I tell you, you don't let, need to let anything come between you and your relationship with Jesus Christ. Let nothing come between you. Man, this is another fact about Jonathan and David. Man, the harder times got, the closer their friendship became. When their friendship was taken, man, Jonathan's David, Jonathan's dad, Saul, wanted to kill David. Man. Man, can you imagine David marrying his best friend's sister? And she gets mad at David because of the way he worships. Because he worships in front of people and he's not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He just open arms and he dances with all his might before the Lord. I'm telling you, it's something in the middle of adversity, in the middle of opposition, how a friend can sharpen you and help you and make you better. And lastly, would you stand with me? Jonathan and David's friendship was a friendship that remained to the very end. Wow. Can I tell you that's what Jesus wants to be to you? A friend that will be there to the very end. Not just a face-to-face -face and an omnipotent, omniscient, and omnipresent friend, but a real friend, a true friend. 
a friend that will edify, a friend that will speak to you, a friend that will encourage you, a friend that you can rely on. Would you just close your eyes and bow your heads? If Jesus is your friend, would you just lift your hand up to heaven today and just thank him for that friendship and that relationship? Thank him for it. Maybe you're here today and you really can't raise your hand today and say, oh, I thank you, Jesus. I thank you for that friendship and that relationship. And I thank you for being my best friend and my Lord and my Savior. But God, I'm not where I need to be. Can I tell you, he's not here looking down just to thump you on top of the head. And he's not looking to condemn you this morning. We're already condemned by our sins. The Bible says for the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. Can I tell you, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And he did not come into the world to condemn the world but through him that the world might be saved. There's a friend that loves you today. There's a friend that wants to be with you today. There's a friend whose name is Jesus. He'll walk through the fiery furnace with you. He'll go anywhere you need him to go with you. He'll be there. He'll be your biggest cheering fan. He'll be your support system. He'll be there in time of grief, a time of hurt, when your tears are are rolling down your face, he'll be the one that dries them up. He'll carry you through the worst times of your life. And he'll be there to laugh with you. He'll be there to rejoice with you. He's just not there in the bad times, but he's there in the good times. He'll be there in the between times. And can I tell you, he's still an on-time God, and he's never late, he's never slack. He always shows up on time. Oh, Lord. If that's the kind of server, savior that you're serving today, if that's the kind of friend that Jesus has been to you, As they begin to sing, why don't you get out of your seat and just give him praise and thank him in this altar. And those that are coming to thank him, if you're here this morning and you need to recommit or you need to renew or you've never given your heart to Jesus, come with these that are thanking him for that relationship. Come on, why don't you get out of your seat and join us.